Welcome to Hope Sabbath School, an in-depth, interactive study of the Word of God. We are continuing a series on suffering and trials. It's been an amazing journey. You see, Derek, I'm experiencing suffering right now. You can learn the joy of having Christ by your side and practical lessons for your life today. If you've missed any in this series, go to our website, hopetv.org slash hopess, and there you can see the whole series. But today we're talking about total surrender to Christ. You say not only in times of suffering, that's right, but especially in times of suffering, total surrender to Christ is so important. So we're glad you joined us for Hope Sabbath School today. And welcome to the team. Good to see you. What an amazing series this has been. And some of us have been going through suffering and trials during the filming of this series so we can really relate. And I just want to welcome also our remote team members joining us. Haiti's joining us from... North Carolina, is that right, Haiti, or is it South Carolina? South Carolina. All right, I knew it was (laughs) one of the Carolinas. We're glad you're with us today. And Sabina joining us from British Columbia. Good to see you, Sabina. And Travis joining us from Michigan. Travis, great to have you with us again as we study together. But we're especially happy that you're here with us because you're an important part of our global family. And we'd love to hear from you. Would you write to us today, sshope? at hopetv.org. Tell us how you're being blessed. Maybe you're teaching a class, uh, interactive Bible study using our outline. We'd love to hear from you. Here's a note from Sandy and Vern in North Carolina in the United States. And they say, greetings and hugs to each of you, Hope Sabbath School family. We'll give them the wave. They say, we're waving at you right now. (laughs) (laughs) We've been watching Hope Sabbath School for several years, and we feel like we know you. On Friday evenings, my husband Vern and I get comfortable in our recliners and enjoy a study of the Word of God with Hope Sabbath School. In these last times, writes Sandy, we're reminded of the Word of God in 2 Peter 3. What manner of persons ought we to be in holy conduct and godliness, looking for and hastening the coming of the day of God. Amen? Amen. Amen. May we all be ready when our dear Savior Jesus comes in the clouds with great glory. And then she uses my favorite Hebrew word. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. Well, thanks for writing to us from North Carolina, Sandy and Vern. We're glad you're part of our Hope Sabbath School family. Here's a note from Dougie. Dougie is a Kenyan working in Rwanda, and he put a short note for us on our Facebook page. By the way, if you're a Facebook person, we've got 180,000 followers on our Facebook page. Check it out. Click and like and follow. (laughs) Sharing testimonies, writes Dougie, on Hope Sabbath School is a good idea. (laughs) Amen. Testimonies are a powerful way to share what the Lord God has done for you. Amen? Amen. Amen. Well, Dougie, we agree with you on that one. In Mm. fact, uh, we'd love to hear a testimony from you. You can write to us again, sshope at hopetv.org. But we hope even in our study today, we'll have some powerful testimonies. Here's a note from a donor couple in Idaho in the United States of America. And uh, they write and say, my wife and I started watching Hope Sabbath School when the health pandemic started. We appreciate your format 
and all the team members. Mm -hmm. May God continue to bless each one of you and a donation of $1,000 to oh, bless Hope amen. Sabbath School. Amen. And we say, thank you, thank you, thank you, donor couple in Idaho, and thank you to each one of you. It's really exciting, isn't it, to yeah. see how we're all partnering together to accomplish the mission. We're a donor-supported ministry now in over 200 countries around the world. So if you'd like to help, go to hopetv.org slash hopess, click on the little donate button, and we all smile because God's working in miraculous ways. Thank Amen. you. One last note. It's actually a handwritten letter from Jane in California. And Jane writes and says, I am a Christian raised in a Missouri Synod Lutheran church. When I married, there was no Lutheran church near me, so I joined the Presbyterian church. When in my 30s, I joined the Baptist church because that's where my husband was saved. I've been enjoying Hope Sabbath School for one and a half years. Yeah. Actually, one and a half to two years. Mm -hmm. I'm learning so much from Hope Sabbath School. Because of the pandemic, I don't go to church, and my church has been infiltrated by evil factions. Mm -hmm. We also lost three elders. I'm so much looking forward to Hope Sabbath School. And by the way, I'm 81 years young. <laughs> well, thank you for writing to us, Jane, from California. And we're glad you're on a journey trying to find a Bible teaching church where you can grow in the Lord. And we're glad that you're part of our Hope Sabbath School family. Right now, we're going to sing our theme song, but this is my last time to tell you. Well, maybe I'll do it next week. But I just want to remind you that we've got a special gift for you in this series. You say, I've already downloaded it, Derek. <clears throat> That's good. Go to our website, hopetv.org slash hopess, and in the middle of the screen is a free gift button. You'll get not only the theme song for this series, but 12 songs of hope, scripture songs, that will help you when you're facing suffering and trials, and you can share them with other people who are going through suffering and trials. Songs of Hope, a special gift for you from Hope Sabbath School. Right now, let's sing one of those songs, our theme song, Fear Not, the Lord Says, For I Am With You. Let's sing together. Fear not, for I am with you. Be not dismayed. Fear not, for I am with you. Be not dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you. Yes, I will help you. right hand. Fear not, for I am with you. Be not dismayed. Fear not, for I am with you. Be not dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you. right hand Fear 
You know, it's my prayer at the end of this series of studies that every single Hope Sabbath School member will have memorized Isaiah 41, 10. Mm -hmm. The Lord says, Fear not, for I am with you. Be not dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you. I will help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. That's just a powerful promise, isn't it? Today, it's important for us to know that promise because we're going to study about total surrender. And we want to surrender to someone who's able to support us with his righteous right hand. So let's pray together. Father in heaven, thank you for our Hope Sabbath School team here in the studio, our remote team members, and our Hope Sabbath School family around the world. And I pray as we study about total surrender to Christ, especially during times of suffering and trial, that your Holy Spirit would bless in supernatural ways. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Well, we're going to begin with the example of Jesus modeling the need for total surrender. And John, could you begin our study today mm-hmm. in Philippians chapter 2, verses 5 through 8. Philippians chapter 2, verses 5 through 8 from the English Standard Version. It says, Have this mind among yourselves, which is yours in Christ Jesus, who, though he was in the form of God, did not count equality with God, a thing to be grasped, but emptied himself by taking the form of a servant, being born in the likeness of men. And being found in human form, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on the cross. Total surrender to the will of the Father. Now, I wanted to go on, but we've got to keep studying because he's given a name which is above every name, Mm -hmm. right? That at the name of Jesus, every every knee knee shall bow. bow. So so he's setting an example for us, calling us to total surrender, not to save ourselves, but to allow him to do his saving work in us and through us. But let's look now at the words of Jesus. Billy, could you take us to John chapter 12? And let's look at the words of Jesus describing this attitude of total surrender to the will of God. John 12, verses 24 to 26. Okay, and I'll be reading from the New Living Translation. John 12, uh, 24 to 26. I tell you the truth, unless a kernel of wheat is planted in the soil and dies, it remains alone, but its death will produce many new kernels, a plentiful harvest of new lives. Those who love their life in this world will lose it, Those who care nothing for their life in this world will keep it for eternity. Anyone who wants to be my disciple must follow me, because my servants must be where I am, and the Father will honor anyone who serves me. Jason, that's pretty strong language. I mean, we saw the example of Philippians, that he's fully surrendered to the will of God. What do you hear in the words of Jesus in John 12? So there's something about a death process that has to happen, but then there's also a resurrection. So there's some kind of transformation, shall we say, that has to take place in the life. And I think he's talking here, well, he does die physically, but for us, there's some kind of spiritual process that has to happen. All right, let's look at one more example in the teaching of Jesus. Uh, Victor, if you could read from Luke chapter 9, verses 23 and 24. Sure. And I'll be reading from the New King James Version, Luke chapter 9, 23 to 24. It says, And he said unto them all, 
If anyone desires to come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross daily and follow me. For whoever desires to save his life will lose it, but whoever loses his life for my sake will save it. So I have a question for you. We're not all walking around carrying crosses, right, Haiti? You know, I've got my cross and I'm walking. What was the cross in the life, ministry, and saving work of Jesus? What did it symbolize? Haiti, what do you think? Uh, Well, I think it literally symbolized death to sin. But I also think that it just symbolizes um, the difficult things that we go through in life. Our trials, our challenges, the pain, the suffering. That's what I think that it means. All right. Uh, I think it could be that, but it's more specific. Um, The cross was the Father's will for Jesus. Hmm. So what does it mean, Sabina, for me to take up my cross, yeah. not your cross or yeah. Gladys's cross, what does it mean for me to take up my cross and to follow Jesus? Pastor Derek, I understand that it means surrendering our own will to the will of God and submitting our desires and our plans to His Word and to the leadership of His Holy Spirit. So, and Travis, I see your hand raised, come to you in a minute. Is it possible that someone in some part of the world, in taking up their cross, may die as a martyr for the cause of Christ? Mm -hmm. Is that possible? It's happening even today, right? Mm -hmm. But, But not all of us will die. Some of us will live as martyrs. Yes. By the way, martyreo means to bear witness. Yes. So we'll live as martyrs. Whatever the will of God is for our lives, we take up that. Does that make sense to you? Yes. And for some, it may involve physical suffering, and others, it may involve other experiences. Yeah. But we're surrendered. Yeah. That's the theme, total surrender yeah. to the will of Christ. Uh, Travis? So I think it's important to note that in Philippians that it says, let this mind be in you that was in Christ Jesus. And that that the battle really begins in the mind to deny self. And I think that's really one of the most important things for me, especially in my journey, is understanding as um, that it's what I place my mind on. I know in one of the previous studies we, we read from the scriptures, you know, whatever's good, whatever's lovely, uh, whatever's of good report, think on these things. And and uh, so the battle uh, to surrender to the will of God begins in the mind. And thank you, Travis, for that, because total surrender is not just surrender of behavior. Mm. Yeah. It's surrender even of our thinking, mm, right? Yeah. Jesus talks about don't just not break this commandment, but don't think, think about, about it, it either, right? Yeah. Jason, take us to Romans, if you would, chapter 12, because the Apostle Paul builds on this idea of total surrender in uh, his letter to the Roman Christians, Romans 12, 1 and 2. The New King James Version says in Romans chapter 12, verses 1 and 2, I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, wholly acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service. And do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. Now, there's an interesting word before sacrifice. Did you notice that? Mm. Uh, 
uh, Sabine, I see you nodding. So we're not all going to die a martyr's death, though we're willing to live or die for Christ, right? Yes. But what kind of sacrifice are we offering, Sabina? Oh, it's our entire life, Pastor Derek. I think it's a, uh, a mindset of surrender, as Travis was saying. First of all, like committing our thoughts and everything that we think, but also everything that we do. So in our actions, they should be reflecting also the surrender that we have decided to commit to God. Fully. It, it, it almost seems like an apparent contradiction, a living sacrifice. But that's exactly what it is, right? It's our whole life, like Sabina said, dedicated to God. Victor? Yeah, and it, I like how Paul brings out it's a reasonable service. It's reasonable to serve God as opposed to living a life of sin, whether it's addiction, whether it's struggling with mental health, depression, and all the avenues that we, the devil looks to attack us. When we live for God, it's reasonable and it's a blessing. You know, holiness is happiness. Beautiful. And, and certainly as we consider all that God has done for us, mm -hmm. yeah. it's yeah. not unreasonable <laughs> that we should have total surrender to him. Nancy? Yeah. Yes, it says somewhere in the Bible, I can't remember this, the scripture right now, but we should hold every thought captive mm. to Jesus, mm. every thought. So, Second yes. Corinthians 10, I think it's verse 5. We're bringing every thought into captivity, back to what Travis said, mm -hmm. to the will of Christ. So it's total surrender. Yes. Yeah. But I like what Victor said. You know, it's, it's, it's not unreasonable, right, yeah. John? You know, uh, Paul in uh, verse 1 of chapter 12 of Romans, he talks about presenting our bodies as a living sacrifice. And then verse 2 talks about the renewal of the mind. You know, sometimes we know what is right but we do something completely different. Mm. So Paul is communicating that both our mind and our body needs to be surrendered to God. We're <laughs> moving through our study, but I do want to pause just for a moment. And maybe, Haiti, you can give us a first text. We may not read them all, but maybe you can quote one. You say, wow, you're asking me to surrender everything, total surrender, body and mind, totally to God. What Bible promise comes to your mind, Haiti, that he's going to take care of me if I surrender <laughs> myself wholly to him? Is there a text that comes to your mind? Uh, well, I, immediately I thought of Proverbs 3, verses 5 and 6. Um, can you quote it? I can quote part of it, but more in Spanish, Pastor Derek. So do oh, you want me well, to look it well, up instead? Why don't, we turn, why don't we turn to it then? Proverbs yeah. chapter 3, Proverbs. And verses 5 and 6. And this is one you're saying that you memorized in Spanish, but we're going to read it in English. And by the way, yes. the Word of God works whatever language you memorize it. Amen. For us <laughs> in your Bible translation. Yes. Uh, and I'll be reading from the New King James Version. And it says, Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge Him and He shall direct your paths. <laughs> well, that's beautiful. Thank you, Haiti. Uh, and that's, that's everything. You say, which part of my path? No, your path, <laughs> wherever you are. Right. But if we understand what Jesus said, I'm walking the path that is surrendered to mm -hmm. the will mm -hmm. of the Father, right? Yeah. Yeah. I'm yeah. carrying that cross. Whatever God's will is for my life, I'm taking that and I'm following him. We got to move on to our next section because we want to learn a lesson from a young boy named Samuel. And I'm going to ask uh, Jason, if you read 
for us from Samuel chapter, 1 Samuel chapter 3 and verse 1, as we talk about total surrender involves, yes, mind and body, but a willingness to listen to the Lord. And that's especially important in times of suffering and trial. The New King James Version says, 1 Samuel chapter 3, verse 1, Now the boy Samuel ministered to the Lord before Eli, and the word of the Lord was rare in those days. There was no widespread revelation. I'm going to have you in a minute read on verses 2 through 10, Jason, but I have a question for the group, so raise your hand if you got the answer. Why was the word of the Lord rare during those times? Gladys? Perhaps because nobody was willing to listen, because God so, yeah. is always speaking. <laughs> you know, that sounds obvious, but it's, it's absolutely true. It's not that the Lord was unwilling to speak during those times. Now, if you look at the context, Jason, I see you're thinking about maybe the context. What was happening in the priesthood during that time mm -hmm. that may give us an indication that people weren't listening to God? So, well, the high priest himself, his sons, who were supposed to be priests as well, they were engaged in all kinds of bad things that were clearly violating God's law, even in the temple. They were being very uh, not reverent and worshipful, and kind of, there was a lot of corruption going on, even with the leaders of the people in the religious system at the time. So we can assume, unfortunately, that their example didn't help the worshipers. Mm -hmm. It was not uh, pointing the worshipers towards total surrender to God, right? Yeah. Let's keep reading the story in verses 2 through 10 because we're focusing here that total surrender involves a willingness to listen to God. All right, in the New King James Version here, continuing, 1 Samuel chapter 3, verses 2 through 10 say, And it came to pass at that time, while Eli was lying down in his place, and when his eyes had begun to grow so dim that he could not see, and before the lamp of God went out in the tabernacle of the Lord, where the ark of God was, and while Samuel was lying down, that the Lord called Samuel. And he answered, Here I am. So he ran to Eli and said, Here I am, for you called me. And he said, I did not call. Lie down again. And he went and lay down. Then the Lord called yet again, Samuel. So Samuel arose and went to Eli and said, Here I am, for you called me. He answered, I did not call my son. Lie down again. Now Samuel did not yet know the Lord, nor was the word of the Lord yet revealed to him. And the Lord called Samuel again the third time. So he arose and went to Eli and said, Here I am, for you did call me. Then Eli perceived that the Lord had called the boy. Therefore Eli said to Samuel, Go, lie down, and it shall be, if he calls you, that you must say, Speak, Lord, for your servant hears. So Samuel went and lay down in his place. Now the Lord came and stood and called, as at other times, Samuel, Samuel. And Samuel answered, Speak, for your servant Years. Hmm. Did you notice he didn't get the words exactly right? Yeah. <laughs> that doesn't matter, does it? Yeah. So here's my question for you. How is it possible, Haiti, I know you have some children, right? Mm 
we love our children, we want them to grow up listening to God. How was it possible for this young boy to develop a hearing heart with all of the corruption around him? What do you think? Well, we do know, we didn't get, have time to read it, that he had a very special godly mother who had dedicated him to the Lord from before he was even placed in her womb. And I think that though she only had him for a short time, she had been instructing him and teaching him to obey and to be submissive to authority. Because when we learn to obey and be submissive to authority, we learn to obey God. And um, I love the fact that he doesn't come and say, I'm trying to sleep <laughs> to, to Eli. Why do you keep calling me? He just comes and he has such a positive attitude and he's just used to being submissive to authority. And even when Eli tells him what to say, he again has a positive attitude and he's just like, oh, okay, that's what I have to do. Okay. He's used to submitting to authority and that is critical in our walk with the Lord. Thank you so much uh, for pointing that out. Travis, Haiti alluded to the fact that he had a praying mother. Would you read for us in 1 Samuel chapter 2 and verse 19 about, uh, there's a lot more in chapter 1, of course, but chapter 2, verse 19 of 1 Samuel, what do we learn there? And I'll be reading from the New King James Version. Moreover, his mother used to make him a little robe and bring it to him year by year, when she came up with her husband to offer the yearly sacrifice. Now, as Haiti pointed out, this was a woman of prayer, right? And she's earnestly crying out to God and talk about corruption. The high priest thought she was drunk mm -hmm. when she was crying out to God earnestly in prayer, but she wasn't. She was filled with the spirit while she was praying, right? Mm -hmm. But she makes this garment. Now, in a previous series, on the book of Genesis, we offered a free companion book. Do you remember that book, Patriarchs and Prophets? Maybe some of you are saying, yep, I downloaded that book. Well, if you did, I'm going to read a beautiful insight which supports what Haiti just shared from that book, Patriarchs and Prophets, page 572. And I hope you took the advantage of uh, downloading a free copy. Notice what it says. Every day, Samuel was the subject of her prayers. That's Hannah, mm -hmm. the, the godly mother that Haiti was referring to. So how often is she praying for him? Every, Every day. day. Every day. We read earlier, you have to take up your cross. How often? Every, Every day. day. Is that true for Samuel too? Yes. Mm -hmm. yeah. Whatever the will of God was for him. Every day. His mother's praying for him. Every day. She made with her own hands a robe of service for him. That's the one that Travis just read about, and she went up with her husband to worship at Shiloh. She gave the child this reminder of her love. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. It wasn't just clothing, yeah. was it? Mm -hmm. Now, this is amazing. Every fiber of that little garment had been woven with a prayer. Mm -hmm. Did you hear that, Haiti? You talked about a praying mother. Mm -hmm. Every fiber was woven with a prayer. What was the prayer? That her son might be pure, noble, and true. Amen. Isn't that beautiful? That's on page 572. I'm reading from that book you probably downloaded already, Patriarchs and Prophets. She did not ask 
for her son worldly greatness. Mm-hmm. But she earnestly pleaded. That sounds like the praying uh, Haiti referred to mm-hmm. before she even conceived. Earnestly pleaded that her son Samuel might attain the greatness which heaven values, mm. that he might honor God and bless his fellow men. Amen. 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 I love that quotation from the book that we offered as a free download in the Genesis series, Patriarchs and Prophets. So as you think about this little boy, when no one else is listening, (laughs) he's listening. Uh, What lesson would you draw? Nancy, I'm going to ask you because you also have some boys that aren't so little. They're growing, aren't they? What lesson could we learn from this young boy, Samuel, about total surrender, being willing to listen to the Lord? Mm -hmm. I think he was accustomed to being in the presence of God. Mm -hmm. And um, when he was at home, you mean, before he he came to the temple. Okay. He was at home and his mother, as we've said, was praying for him continually. And um, I wanted to bring an analogy here. Um, He was... if you think about there's there's a thermostat and then there's a thermometer. He <laughs> they have different functions, right? The thermometer just kind of measures um, the, what the temperature what is. the temperature is, right? Right. And and the thermostat actually makes a change. So if you and, put the up, it gets warmer. Right. If you put it down, it will get cooler. And that's what Samuel was because of the influence of God in his life. He was able to change the atmosphere that he was in. <laughs> That's a great illustration. He wasn't just a thermometer. He was a thermostat. He could change things. By the way, and I see some hands raised. I want to recognize you all. Do you think that Hannah was aware of the corruption that Jason talked about mm-hmm. yeah. uh, uh, with Eli's sons and maybe others there in the temple? Mm-hmm. Yes. So she's really praying <laughs> for her son, right, yeah. that he would be pure and noble and true. Yeah. Billy. I mean, going, going back to um, Jesus, when Jesus says, you know, have the m- mind like children, when, you know, you have to be that receptive to the Word of God. Um, you know, a lot of times I think, you know, we question even God's Word. We think maybe we're having a bad dream or, you know, we're half asleep. Or So I think, you know, it's, it's really critical that we see just a total obedience and surrend- receptiveness mm. of this little boy that he hears a voice he didn't question it. He didn't say, oh, maybe I'm sitting on the wrong side of the bed. Let me at least consult somebody to make sure that uh, I'm not daydreaming. So that receptiveness. Sure. And I, I want to affirm what Nancy said, that he grew up in a home where God was welcome. Now, yeah. how many of you here were blessed to have a praying father or a praying mother? Several of you were. Um, and I was blessed to have a praying father and a praying mother. And now they're sleeping in Jesus, Mm -hmm. but their prayers are continuing to have an impact. Mm -hmm. No prayers ever wasted. I'm speaking to you today as a parent or grandparent. No prayer is ever wasted. Samuel grew up in an impossible environment Mm -hmm. to be a man who honored God. It could happen to a woman. A little girl grows up to be a woman who honors God. So, Someone else, a key lesson we learned, Victor. Yeah, no, it's, we, we talk about how he said, speak, Lord, your servant hears. Well, you know, we didn't, uh, you know, touch on what God actually spoke to him, but he had to surrender himself to, uh, 
to give a judgment message to Eli. I mean, you think a little boy, he tried to avoid him in the other tag. I don't want to say what the Lord told me, but it was a judgment message. Sometimes God asks us to do things that we don't want to do. It might be a controversial statement or it might be a true statement, but it's a judgment statement. But we have to be surrendered at all times so that God can speak through us just like he did with Samuel. So we need to learn before the time of testing, yeah. mm -hmm. before the time of trial, before the time of suffering, back to that early influence to abide in the presence of the Lord mm -hmm. so that when the testing comes, we won't shrink back, but we will faithfully say, I'm listening, Lord. What, what is it you want me to carry mm -hmm. uh, for the honor of your name? Jason. Yes, so I think about this idea of total surrender. And for me, I think, oh, it would be so easy to have total surrender if I were just in an environment <laughs> where other people were part of this surrender. Let's but, just stay with nice people, right? Yeah, but Samuel is not in that kind of environment. He's in an environment where he's kind of one of the only ones to be uh, surrendering total. Even Eli, uh, who's kind of like the master priest, he's got a lot of issues and corruption. And so this is the big lesson I see here is that total surrender is not based on your environment. You may be the only person. Wow. Mm -hmm. Though we've learned at other times, it's good to have other people praying with us and for us. Now I'm seeing Sabina's hand and Gladys. So we'll take those two and then we want to move on and, and talk about the danger of not listening or mm -hmm. actually hearing but disregarding the word of the Lord. Yeah. Uh, but let's take Sabina, your comment first. Pastor Derek, also, as we consider our times, there are so many voices out there. I think we live in a, an era of excessive information, even whatever is it that you are trying to learn about, you just go online and there is lots of sources of information and people, they even sometimes lack wisdom to discern what is right from what is wrong. They believe in fake news and all those types of things that we see out there. So I find that, at least for me, one thing that is very important sometimes is to quiet down from social media, quiet down from other external uh, voices, and take some time apart in silence for you to look to God, to consider what His Word says, to facilitate this process of learning to hear His voice. You know, just as Jason was saying, we do live in an environment in, that is busy, even not conducive for that. But there is hope for us. But we need to be in a position uh, to facilitate that also. I think we need to make things easier for us. And we can do so by separating time to spend with God. That's really wise counsel. And I saw quite a few team members going, that's true, <laughs> because we have to be in a place where there isn't so much noise mm -hmm. yeah. that when the Lord calls Nancy, John, Travis, that we hear. Mm -hmm. yeah. And we don't have, you know, high decibel music pumping in our ears or some other distraction that we can actually hear. Gladys, and then we're going to move on to talk about the danger of disregarding what we hear. Yes, it's just what you said earlier about daily. And I think that that is key for Samuel to, to, to be able to listen to God. If he, it was part of his custom, it was something that he grew up with. And oh, the same thing is with us. If we make a habit of spending time with God, and like Savina said, quieting our minds in and, and, and the Word of God and just focusing on hearing what he has to say, 
He will speak to us, mm -hmm. but it's a daily commitment that we have to make. Mm -hmm. Now, the Bible records a story of someone who heard and disregarded. Mm. So let's hear what the word of the Lord to him was. Travis, if you could read from 1 Samuel chapter 10 and verse 8, it's the word of the Lord that came through the prophet Samuel to Saul, uh, who's going, being chosen as king. And uh, uh, tragically, he will disregard it. Could you read uh, 1 Samuel 10 and verse 8 for us? And I'll be reading from the New King James Version. You shall go down before me to Gilgal, and surely I will come down to you and offer burnt offering and make sacrifices of peace offerings. Seven days you shall wait till I come to you and show you what you should do. So the instruction is given that the king does not offer sacrifice, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. right? The prophet or priest, yes. but not the king. Yes. Well, some time will pass if you read the context, but we come, John, to 1 Samuel 13, mm -hmm. beginning with verse 7. There's been a battle against the Philistine garrison, and now the Philistine forces are gathering against uh, Israel. Uh, let's see, even though the word of the Lord has been given to King Saul, let's see how he responds. If you could read verses 7 through 14 of 1 Samuel 13. Mm -hmm. 1 Samuel chapter 13, verses 7 through 14 from the English Standard Version. And it says, And some Hebrews crossed the fords of the Jordan to the land of Gad and Gilead. Saul was still at Gilgal, and all the people followed him trembling. He waited seven days, the time appointed by Samuel. But Samuel did not come to Gilgal, and the people were scattering from him. So Saul said, Bring the burnt offering here to me and the peace offering. And he offered the burnt offering. As soon as he had finished offering the burnt offering, behold, Samuel came. And Saul went out to meet him and greeted him. Samuel said, What have you done? And Saul said, When I saw that the people were scattering from me, and that you did not come within the days appointed, and that Philistines had mustered at uh, Michmash, I said, Now the Philistines will come down against me at Gilgal, and I have not sought the favor of the Lord. So I forced myself and offered the burnt offering. Hmm. And Samuel said to Saul, You have done foolishly. You have not kept the command of the Lord your God, with which he commanded you. For then the Lord would have established your kingdom over Israel forever. Hmm. But now your kingdom shall not continue. The Lord has sought out a man after his own heart, and the Lord has commanded him to be prince over his people, because you have not kept what the Lord commanded you. Hmm. So why would King Saul do that? Uh, any ideas? It, Travis, what do you think? He's clearly been told not to offer the sacrifices. Uh, why would he directly disobey the word of the Lord? Well, I think it's pretty clear, Derek, that he's moved by fear and by feeling mm -hmm. um, instead of trusting in the word of the Lord. And why, you're absolutely right, why is he moved by fear and feelings? What's missing? Just What's perfect. missing, Jason? The connection with God. Mm -hmm. What's missing? What's the title of our study? What's missing? Total, Total surrender. surrender. Total surrender. Uh, Lord, 
the prophet's late, at least uh, seems that he's late. By the way, he wasn't that late because he came right after the, the yeah. disobedient act, right? Yeah. But he's not showed up at the time I thought he would today, and I'm choosing not to totally surrender. Mm -hmm. And the result, well, that's evidence later. We're not going to read the passages, but, but what does King Saul end up doing when you don't surrender fully, you'll end up doing things you never thought you would do. Mm -hmm. What does he end up doing? Do you, does anyone know the story, Nancy? Yes, he ends up consulting with a, a witch, you know, and we're told to that God detests these things, but he, he thought he would consult. You know, it's, it's a temptation we all have. Am I going to do what God says or am I going to do what I want to do? And Yes. So why? <laughs> There's another total disregard of the word of the Lord, right? Yeah. Because he's been told that these witches and these sorcerers are an abomination to the mm -hmm. Lord. Um, he's seeking counsel. Why would he go there, Hector, uh, Victor? Yeah, it, in the text, it just points out that he's fearful of the Philistines. He's fearful of the people. And so... Uh, there's a lot of fear and peer pressure makes us do a lot of things uh, contrary to God's word sometimes. And we see that Samuel um, again warns him and he still disregards it because of people and peer pressure. Well, what are the people going to think about me? And they're, they're looking at me instead of praying at that time. And when there's a little delay, Saul takes matters into his own hands and rushes ahead of God. And many times we do the same um, and we always need to trust in God's word. Hmm. This is a warning for us. You say, why does it record the bad <laughs> stories? By the way, how does King Saul's life end? Does anyone know that? It's recorded in the scriptures in uh, 1 Samuel 31. We're not going to read it, but how does his life end? Do you know, Billy? So basically he died in battle, all, its, all of his sons and also his armor bearer. So they died tragically in one day. Am I right? Does he fall on his yes. own sword? Yes. yes. Uh -huh. yeah. I mean, what... Would it have been too late even there in the middle of a battle that shouldn't have happened after things that shouldn't have happened? Would it have been too late to say, Lord, I choose to totally surrender to you? Yeah. If you say it's too late, then I don't know how a thief dying on a cross was told, you'll be with me in paradise, right? Yes. But when you set that pattern yeah. of, of turning away from the clear word of God, you get into major challenge. Lesson, Billy. I mean, it, we didn't finish reading the passage uh, after that statement that, uh, that uh, Samuel did, but I didn't see any uh, attempt for Saul to uh, ask for forgiveness or right. even turn back. Sure. It seems that um, he just continued what he was doing, and so that attitude was there. I feel like, you know, God was not option A, uh, nor option B. He already, already had a backup plan, in case it didn't work out with God, then I'm going to do my own things. So total surrender means that there's no A, B. There's just there's one plan, yeah. and it's total surrender. Yeah. Now, I'm going to ask you a challenging question, and I don't know that I have the full answer, but if God, who is not only omnipotent, but omniscient, if He knows the end from the beginning, why did He allow Saul to be anointed as a king? knowing how tragically his life would end. Gladys? We all have a choice. And God gave 
soul, an opportunity mm -hmm. to, to choose the right thing. You know, before you, he said in the word, it says, before you, there is life and death. Choose life so you will live. So we all have a choice. But if the Lord knew, Jason, the choice that that Saul would make, why did he allow him to be anointed as the first king of Israel? Well, one part is that the people of Israel were never supposed to have a king to begin mm -hmm. with because God was supposed to be their king. Mm -hmm. So already the people had made the choice that they wanted to go away from God. And unfortunately, Saul was part of, the, part of this process. So I'm going to have you read that passage, but, but hear carefully what Jason's saying. The problem was a lack of total surrender for the whole people of Israel. Yeah. Because would you read that passage for us, Jason, in 1 Samuel chapter 8, verses 4 through 7? The New King James says, 1 Samuel chapter 8, 4 through 7, Then all the elders of Israel gathered together and came to Samuel at Ramah, and said to him, Look, you are old, and your sons do not walk in your ways. Now make us a king to judge us like all the nations. But the thing displeased Samuel when they said, Give us a king to judge us. So Samuel prayed to the Lord. And the Lord said to Samuel, Heed the voice of the people and all that they say to you, for they have not rejected you, but they have rejected me, that I should not reign over them. Mm -hmm. So the problem is with the whole group. Now, Nancy, back to something you said earlier, that Samuel is formed in a godly environment, in a godly praying home, right? And, and that influence goes with him to the temple with that little robe that she prays over as she makes it. Yeah. Uh, here's the exact opposite. Yeah. So give me a lesson that we could learn. We're talking about total surrender. You say, well, I don't want to end up falling on my sword mm -hmm. like Saul. I don't want to end up going to talk to demons yeah. uh, when, when the, God wants to guide my life. Uh, Victor, what's a lesson we could learn? Yeah, we, we see it clearly in, the, in this study is that um, one point is sometimes God gives you what you ask for. And then when it doesn't work out, he wants you to repent and see, man, you really messed up and, not, and, and, and what you asked for wasn't right. But now that you see it as wrong, you can repent and turn away and go into the right path. But Saul didn't do that. Mm -hmm. So give me an example. That's a, a key point. And mm -hmm. Sabine, I see your hand raised. Give me an example because maybe I've made a wrong choice. Maybe someone watching Hope Sabbath School today say, I made a wrong choice. I turned a wrong way. Can you give me an example of someone who did that, but instead of going to, on to death like King Saul, said, I'm going to turn around, John? The second king of Israel, David. <laughs> mm -hmm. I know he, What's his name? David, King yes. David. And, and an example of, of uh, asking for the wrong thing was when he did what? Committed adultery. He asked a servant to bring someone else's wife to the palace. Did he repent? That's the only reason he's called a man after God's own heart, right? Because he repented. Sabina. Pastor Derek, another lesson also that we can take from that, and I came to that when Jason was sharing how, you know, at the time Israel was really asking for a king, um, and they had the word of God, and the same happened when Jesus came. The rabbis and the high-rank religious leaders, they thought they knew the word of God. They thought they had it all mastered. But yet they were asking for a king again. They were not seeing Jesus the Messiah. 
So I think that's an alert for us also that even those who are surrounded by you know religious services and even having the Bible in our hands, that's not a guarantee that we are listening to God's voice. So again, it's a matter in our hearts and in our minds. So not only knowing, but also practicing and developing that relationship with Jesus is a lesson that we need to carry. So we're talking about total surrender daily, Mm -hmm. right? Total surrender daily. Travis? One of the lessons, Derek, I took from this story was that, um, you know, God worked with Saul over and over. It's not like he didn't give him chances and show um, his unfailing love to Saul. He surely did throughout um, his, the most, or all of the, the time he was king. Uh, but the, at the very end of his life, um, or right when before he visited the witch of Endor, it said Samuel had died, and there was no answer from the word or, or from the Lord. It's as if he rejected God's counsel, rejected, 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 to the point where finally God left him up to his own will. And that's what God does. If we reject long enough, unfortunately, um, God leaves us up, you know, to our own will because that's what a loving God does. And he allowed Saul to make his own choice. It's what a loving God does with tears. That's what a loving parent does with tears. Am I right? Mm -hmm. It's what a loving sibling does when they see a brother or sister going away. I don't want to end on that negative note because someone's saying, Derek, I'm depressed. I don't like that. (laughs) Well, let's, if total surrender involves a willingness to listen to God, rather than disregarding the word of the Lord, Let's choose to obey the word of the Lord. Mm -hmm. So give me in the last part of our study an example of a woman, man of God, who said total obedience, no matter what suffering may come. One came to my mind I'd not thought of in preparing the study. But can you think of someone total obedience, no matter what the cost? Gladys? Daniel. You know, when the edict came from the king that for 30 days nobody should worship anybody else. Oh, toward the end of his life. Towards the end of his life. He could have have just said, you know, well, I'm going to close the window. I'm not going to, to make any noise. He could have changed his routine. What was the word of the Lord that he refused to disregard? It's better to honor God than men. What's the word of the Lord specifically that he chose not to disregard? Worshiping God and not the king. No other gods before me, right? We're not going to pray to a king, okay? Give me another example of someone said total surrender, no matter what the cost. Billy? Yeah, I would say Job. Job had the habit of daily praying. So he didn't have any Bible, right? This is before the Bible, and yet the word of God had been passed down because he's even going to testify, I know that my Redeemer lives. So he's, he knows about the plan of salvation, right? Right. No scriptures. All right, someone else. John? Joseph. Joseph? Mm-hmm. When he resisted sin, when he knew what would be the consequence. You're thinking of in Potiphar's house uh-huh. when Potiphar's yep. wife tries mm-hmm. to seduce him. Yep. And the word of the Lord he knows, has the word of the Lord been given at that point? Thou shalt not. Uh, is that, that's actually earlier, isn't it? So yeah. he doesn't... But presumably, the word of, of God was passed down about moral purity, mm-hmm. right? This is before Mount Sinai. I was thinking of Mary, the mother of Jesus. Mm. Mm. This young virgin, mm-hmm. wholly dedicated to God. 
You say, how do you know? Answer, God would not ask someone to bear in her womb the Son of God unless she was holy. But what choice does she make even though it, what's the suffering that she will face by total surrender to the will of God and total obedience? Uh, Sabina, what, what's, the, what's the suffering she'll face? Mr. Derek, I think the suffering of a mother who sees her child be injustice, the suffering of a mother that sees her child who she knows comes from God, being treated as a criminal and not only suffering emotionally, but also being killed right in front of her eyes. So surely that was a great suffering. And when you thought of someone, when you ask us to share of someone that has had that complete surrender, immediately I thought of Mary, even at the moment that the angels came to communicate to her that she was going to bear that child. She didn't say to them like, oh no, don't do that to me, please. Take this burden away from me. People, what people will be thinking about me? Uh, they don't know that I was, you know, that, that they will not know that you are you are giving this child to me. They will think I have committed adultery, uh, and all those things. She didn't even mention them. She immediately just wonders how that can be, but expecting and knowing that uh, the supernatural power of God would cover her. So that's for me a beautiful example of total surrender. I, I agree with that one. Let it be to me according to, according your, to your word. Yeah. Total surrender. Now, we could share many other examples, but those are beautiful examples of saying, I'm going to totally surrender. I'm going to listen, which may involve turning off some of the noise around me. Mm -hmm. And I'm not going to disregard like King Saul did, but I'm going to be totally obedient to the will of God. I, I, I'd like to end with with a question. Let's say a friend comes to you. Hmm. Maybe, maybe they watch this program <laughs> and they say, wow, by the way, this is not about earning salvation, is it? Mm -hmm. We're saved by God's grace through faith. This is about the will of God being fully worked out in you and through you. That's what we're talking about here, yeah. e even in times of suffering and trial. What if a friend came and said, I know total surrender to God is essential, but it just seems too hard for me. Travis, what would you say? You have friends who don't know Jesus, right? In fact, you have people who come to your Bible study that are growing in Jesus. What would you say to someone if they say, I know I need to do that. Jesus set the example. I see it in Scripture, but it just seems too hard for me to totally surrender to the Lord. Well, Derek, I was able to actually talk to a friend about this very thing just yesterday that I'm studying with. And um, basically, I told him, you know, when you surrender to God, the blessings you receive um, so greatly outweigh the things that you're going to give up. So you're really not giving up anything, but maybe sorrow and sadness, because when you surrender your life to God, you, um, as was mentioned earlier in the study, you get to experience a, a life of happiness. Even if you go through trials, you can have peace through those trials. Anyone want to add to that? What would you say to the friend, Victor? Yeah, just based off our study, choose to be like Samuel. Choose to surrender to God and not be like Saul. We can either have a choice to be like Saul or be like Samuel. And God is encouraging us to, today to choose to be like Samuel and to be a servant and surrender your life to him. Amen. But it's still hard, your friend says. 
you're <laughs> telling me to choose to do it. It's still hard. Yeah. Yeah. What, what else could you share with her or with him? They say, I know I need to do it, but it seems so hard. Nancy. I think, I think of Noah. The whole world was against him and thought he was crazy, <laughs> but he did what God told him to do. He built that ark and the whole, well, his whole family was saved. You know, I want to say thank you, God, that we're, we're not always alone. You mentioned mm -hmm. Daniel. He'd already was under the care of the chief of the eunuchs. Mm -hmm. So you know what he'd already been through, right? And yet he purposed in his heart to honor God. But I'm so thankful for the Shadrachs or Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah, as was the Hebrew names. I'm so thankful that God will also bring support. Yes. That's what church is for, friends. Mm -hmm. That's what Hope Sabbath School is about. You say, I want to choose to totally surrender my life, my actions, and my thoughts to the will of God, not to earn salvation, but because He has redeemed me, I want Him to work in me and through me according to His good plan. Yes. Amen. Thank God for fellow Christians. Turn off some of the secular noise and gather around people who love God are praying for you and with you and will help you on that journey. And you know, we'll be amazed at what God will do and we'll give the glory to Him. Amen. Let's pray together. Our Father in heaven, this topic of total surrender to Jesus is often misunderstood, thinking we're trying to earn our way to heaven. No, we're saved by your grace through faith. But God, we want to choose to allow you to work in us and then through us in miraculous ways according to your good plan. Yes. And we thank you as we surrender to you. It will happen by your power and for your honor. In Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Will you take that blessing you've learned today and go out and be a blessing to those around you?